How comforting to know that God's presence is with us in every circumstance in our life. From being thrown into a pit, sold and treated as a slave, to being elevated to second in command in the kingdom of Egypt, everything good in Joseph's life was connected to God's presence. Today, on Enjoying the Journey, Scott Pauley leads us through a study on the life of Joseph where we will learn how to live in the presence of God. Be sure to stay tuned after today's study to learn more about Scott's book on the life of Joseph entitled, The Lord Was With Joseph. Sometimes when you study Bible characters and you see them from afar and you see them on the pages of Holy Scripture, you can get the idea that they did not deal with the same things we deal with. Uh, The Scripture is very honest and plain and transparent about them, but you look at someone like Joseph and you think, well, my soul, this, this is a man of such integrity, such purity, such honesty, such decency. Uh, He must not have even struggled when the temptation came. And yet I want to remind you what Scripture tells us, that all of us are flesh, and all of us have a sin nature, and all of us uh, fight the enemy. And I really believe in Genesis 39 when, when the temptress came around, when the master's wife, who no doubt was a beautiful woman, and occasion found him alone in the house with her. Now, there's no doubt in my mind that Joseph had to battle himself, had to battle lust, had to battle the tempter. Uh, he had to battle his own weakness. And yet, this is wonderful. He comes through Genesis 39 uh, with spotless garments. You know, we make a lot of the coat of many colors that was given to Joseph by his father early on as a 17-year-old boy. I think the most important coat he ever had was the coat he left in Potiphar's wife's hand. He he left his coat, but he kept his character. Think of that coat. Uh, that's what most people know about you. Uh, not your gifts, but the testimony you leave in their hands every day. Uh, the, the name, the reputation you leave behind at the moment of temptation. And so we return to Genesis 39. And verse number 7 says, It came to pass after these things that his master's wife cast her eyes upon Joseph, and she said, Lie with me. But he refused and said unto his master's wife, Behold, my master wanteth not what is with me in the house, and he hath committed all that he hath to my hand. There is none greater in this house than I, neither hath he kept back anything from me but thee, because thou art his wife. How then can I do this great wickedness and sin against God? I I truly believe that God gives us portions of Scripture like this uh, as a pattern to follow. And because we all don't face the exact same temptations, and we all don't have the exact same sinful tendencies, but we all battle flesh, and we all have to know what to do when we are tempted. And so let's begin here today. What, what are you going to do when the temptation comes? Because it's inevitable. It's going to come. Look, if the sinless man, the Lord Jesus Christ, was tempted of the devil, uh, if the, the tempter left him for a season and would come back again and again, you can be very sure the tempter is going to come after us. And so what do you do when you're tempted? Well, here's the first thing. Number one, if you're going to remember the Lord and your temptations first, you need to always remember that sometimes the greatest test comes after blessing. Did you know that your successes and your blessings and your prosperity, even your good emotions can set you up for failure? Uh, That sometimes the greatest defeats come immediately after the greatest victories. Let me just testify. As a minister of the gospel, I've found that very often 
after seasons of blessing and ministry. After great answers to prayer, people coming to Christ, spiritual victories, a liberty to minister the word, that personally and privately I am spiritually at my weakest. Now, it's just a reminder how desperately we need the Lord, and it's also a reminder uh, that we can never rest on the victories of yesterday. Instead, we have to keep running to the Lord again and again and again. So here's Joseph. Remember the, the setting of the first six verses? A man with God's presence in his life, a man with God's hand on his life, God's favor upon him in every way, uh, the blessing just growing all around him. And it's at that moment, after these things, that his master's wife cast her eyes upon Joseph. I don't know where you're living right now spiritually, but I want to tell you this, the tempter is waiting. My pastor used to say that Satan, like the roaring lion, will walk past the cage door of your life a thousand days to find it cracked open once. He bides his time. He waits for opportunity. He watches to see when we are weakest. And so that's why we have to constantly be on guard. We have to constantly be living in the presence of God. Uh, remember, you've got to remember the Lord is with you at all times. He was alone in the house, but he really was not alone in the house. Oh, yes, someone said, Potiphar's not there. The other servants aren't there. He's alone in the house with her. Oh, no, he was not alone in the house with her. The Lord was with him. And so we come to the second truth. If you want to live in victory when the temptation comes, here's what you have to do. Number one, remember the test often comes after the blessing. And number two, remember that when no one else is watching, God is. It's interesting that in Joseph's response to her, in verse number 8 it says he refused. And by the way, there is a choosing and a refusing in all of life. A great parallel to this, Hebrews talks about Moses who chose to suffer affliction with the people of God and refused the pleasure of sin that lasts only for a season. Everyone chooses something and refuses something. So choose very carefully. Joseph made a wise choice. He chose to live and continue in the presence of God, and he refused the momentary pleasure of sin. He refused, and here's what he said. Behold, my master wanteth not what is with me in the house, and he hath committed all that he hath to my hand. Now, ponder those two, two things that he said. The master wanteth not what is with me in the house. He said, basically, the master trusts me, so much so that he's not looking over my shoulder. He's not checking up on every little thing that I do. Watch this. That master, his physical, earthly master, was not looking over his shoulder, but the master, the Lord, was ever with him. The second part, he says, he's committed all that he hath to my hand. He felt a certain obligation to this man, a certain a sincerity about his, his work ethic and his integrity towards this man. And I love that. What a great example for all of us in our business dealings and everyday life but there's a greater principle at work here because, you see, he's looking beyond his obligation to a man to his obligation to God. He says in verse 9, There's none greater in this house than I, neither hath he kept back anything from me but thee, because thou art his wife. So he regards the man, now he regards the man's wife. He, he recognizes that the master trusts him and the master's committed certain things to him. He recognizes this woman doesn't belong to him. She belongs to another man, so she's strange flesh. In the words of Proverbs, she's the strange woman to him. She doesn't belong to him. Then he comes to the ultimate. He saves this last, not because it's least, but because it's really the whole thing. He says, how then can I do this great wickedness and sin 
against God. You see how he's looking beyond the master and even beyond the master's wife to the presence of Almighty God. The master had committed all he had to him, but God had committed much more. Uh, He had received great privilege in this house, but God was greater than all of that privilege. And no doubt even the pleasure of sin and the beauty of this woman, as appealing as it would have been to the flesh, was nothing compared to the beautiful presence of God in Joseph's life. If we're going to live clean and pure and stay right with God, if the favor will continue, it will be because we remember the Lord in our temptations. Would you pray that for me today? And I'll pray that for you. Let's remember that the test, the temptation, often comes after great blessing. And most of all, let's remember that when no one else is watching, God always is. Achan, do you remember the story of Achan? He looked to the left, to the right, in front of him, behind him. Nobody saw him. But there was one place he forgot to look. He forgot to look up. Joseph, on the other hand, lived looking up. May God help every one of us to do that today and to live consciously in God's presence. Too many times we compartmentalize our faith to a single day of the week, often Sunday. But the Lord desires for us to live in His presence daily. And oh, what joy we find in the Lord's presence. You can learn more about living in God's presence by visiting enjoyingthejourney.org forward slash Joseph. There, you will find information about Scott's book entitled, The Lord Was With Joseph. You can download the free digital book, access the audio book, or purchase the hard copy version. We really believe that the Lord will use this book to help you learn how to live in God's presence. We look forward to having you with us next time on Enjoying the Journey.